Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. We are here to talk about UFC 294. We have picks, bets, predictions, thoughts, comments, concerns on the entire event from end to beginning. Honestly, I was going to say beginning to end, but we actually start at the end and we move, work our way up to the beginning. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how is it down there in St. Pete's today? Is it a beautiful, gorgeous day in South Florida? It is, and we are not in South Florida, so yeah. watch your mouth, but... <laughs> Um, no, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it was really nice last night. Um, yeah, this is the weather I, uh, I've been wanting, you know, mid to low eighties, hover around the 80 to high seventies. And then maybe late at night, dipping in the sixties. Uh, I can't, I can't complain. Well, I can complain, but I'm not going to. You can always complain. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, you know, always. We have quite an event. We listen, we were supposed to have Charles Oliveira, Islam Makachev, the rematch. We're getting another rematch, Ty. We are getting... Islam Mahachev, Alexander Volkanovsky rematch from, I believe, last, when was that, December? Uh, um, let's see. Okay. Yeah. Um, February. February. Okay. It's, it seemed like it was a long, I knew, I knew it was cold out when it happened. February's but, been a while. All right? it, yeah. was right around the, it was right around the time of the Super Bowl, which I do not want. Wish that's to true. Remember. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the Super Bowl the next day. So that's kind uh, of what, where. Something like that. Yeah. I think I so. Think so. But uh, either way, I know some people out there are like, I don't really care. I understand. Uh, <laughs> listen, this fight was made on about 11 to 12 days notice. Uh, Charles Oliveira had to pull out with, I believe, like a, a, an eye that looked like it got hit with an axe. Um, it's mainly because those shooter box guys have no idea how to actually train normally for a fight. They just actually just fight for seven weeks, eight weeks before the uh, fight to get themselves prepared (laughs) for the other fight that they're supposed to be in. So uh, nothing new here, but uh, what are the the odds here, you ask? Yeah, I will tell you. Uh, We have plus 215, 200, 220 for Alexander Volkanovsky to Islam Mahachev's minus 250, 265. Now, the first fight was close. I think it was was pretty close, right? I mean... uh, um, yeah, I think I don't think it was as close as some people were saying. There's a lot of fighters. <clears throat> There's a lot of people in the in the MMA space that I think are just big Volk guys or Aussie guys that thought he won and was robbed. I thought he lost four rounds to one. Honestly, uh, I think the best round of his was the fifth and maybe the third too. But other than that, it, it was very close. But uh, I just thought Islam was better. Honestly, it, it seemed like Islam was his striking was better than I thought, and um, Volk's ground game, his wrestling, was better than I thought. But I still think Islam got, had the edge pretty much uh, e- everywhere, uh, very slightly. I know he got rocked a couple times, hit a couple times, but he also was hitting Volk. There was a lot of times Volk you know, kept nodding his head like, yeah, you hit me, you got me. Um, and then when he knocked him down, it was a lot more clean. I think <clears throat> the one time he, he uh, tripped over his own foot and, and fell and the whole crowd went you know, insane – um, it's crazy, you know, they were basically in, they were in Australia, right? They were in Volk's backyard or New Zealand. And now they're in, um, now they're in Islam's, not his backyard, but, uh, you know, he's got the home field advantage here for sure. So, um, 
yeah, that one was in Perth. So a big difference there. You know, the crowd's not going to, um, you know, be on Volk's side this time. You know, th- there was just a lot of moments where, you know, the crowd was going crazy, absolutely crazy anytime he did anything. Um, and I don't know if that swayed the judge's opinions. Obviously, he didn't get a card in his favor, right? So um, I think this one's going to be close, but I do worry about the, the late notice. <clears throat> you know, Volkanovski only having however many days. I'm sure he was in good in, in, in shape and fighting shape and whatnot. I was in a camp and whatnot, but I don't know. I, I just think it's a tall task. Also, though, with Islam, I think, you know, if his cardio, because he cuts a lot of weight, if his cardio isn't on point, I think he might be in trouble, honestly. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, where these guys are or where they were before the fight came together. I mean, it's, uh, Islam had a fight booked, and Volk's, you know, still talking about, oh, I can fight in, in, in January too, no matter what happens in this fight. So that kind of gives me a little pause. Um, I think I lean Islam no matter what. I think uh, it probably goes a distance, and I think he wins four, maybe five rounds again. Um, and that's 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 pretty much where I'm at right now. I think, you know, Volk's getting older. Um, he's got other things to worry about. Um, yeah, I just I, – I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where either, either of these men currently stand. And they're both so good, both so great, honestly. Um, both big for their weight classes, both good just everywhere, honestly. Both good hammers, both good nails. Uh, you know, Craig Jones has been working with Volk to get his jiu-jitsu to another level. I think it's been working, honestly. He, he did some things in that Islam fight that were uh, different. Um, so, yeah, it should be, it should be a... <clears throat> An interesting one. I can't wait for this. And uh, I think Islam gets it done. I think he – there's a chance he gets to finish, but um, I don't think Volk's even capable of being finished at this point. I, I have to see before I uh, believe it. Yeah, so one thing I did want to point out is that the odds are about uh, about 100 off of what they were. So it was about plus 270, 300 the last time, and now it's around plus 200 for this fight. Which is interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people, that fight last uh, February was a lot closer, like we said, like them people thought it was going to be. Not necessarily meant yeah. that, I never thought Volkanovski won the fight, but I did think that he comported himself well and was like, wow, like I didn't think, like I really didn't think, I don't know what I thought, but like I didn't think Volk would get ran over, but I also, I think the main thing, like you said, was we were I'm so impressed by how well he did in the wrestling department. Like, Islam, I've always, I mean, after he clipped uh, Oliveira in that first fight and kind of just rocked his world, I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to, you know, deny this man's, uh, you know, striking abilities anymore. He throws straight shots. He's a big, powerful guy, and it does nothing for us to kind of, uh, you know, poo-poo the guy or try to diminish his skills, so... I've moved past that, but I gotta say I would feel much better about this fight, or maybe taking a shot on a Volkanovski bet if this fight was, you know, on actual notice and he got a full twelve week training camp and all that. And you know, there's like we we kind of we discussed this in the previous episodes, just you know, even the last episode when the when this fight got made. There's a reason he didn't take this fight initially, you know. I, I imagine he was the first one that was offered this. They were going back to Abu Dhabi. They probably wanted a big-time fight to, you know, headline this event. And he said no because he got hand surgery. You know, he, he was dealing with, yeah. you know, an injury, and 
he wasn't going to be ready until, you know, later on in the in the winter, you know, maybe December, maybe January, and he wound up ag- agreeing to a fight in January. So I just wonder why, you know, why he didn't take this fight and really what is going to be different or what kind of shape is he going to be? And there's a lot of question marks on the Volkanovsky side of the uh, wager, I would say, that really gives me pause for concern and that I don't, I don't feel confident wagering anything on that side. So uh, we're going to move to the Makachev side. And like you said, I really don't see how he finishes them. I mean, even no matter what, Alex Volkanovsky is still out. Volkanovsky. I mean, what, he's even finished once in his career, and that was, uh, you know, has he ever been finished? Yeah, he was He was KO'd, I mean, years and years and years ago. I, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, head kick and punches by a gentleman named Corey Nelson. In 2013, I was still in high school when this man was, you know, <laughs> that, that is the last time he got finished. So for me to sit here and look at you guys and say, yeah, I think this is the time that he gets finished. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. You know, we, we could we could both be wrong and be like, wow, like, you know, shit happens all the time for the first time where you're, you're shocked. But Makachev at plus 180 for decision seems like a really good bet, man. And I, I would... Love to be on the wrong side and hope Volkanovski pulls the ultimate upset and finishes him. And I'll gladly donate that money to a local sports book to kind of, you know, just to see that happen. But I got to say, I'm going Makachev decision plus 180. I like it. I like it. I feel like that's probably the smart play. Um, I'm going to stay away from that, though. I, I don't know why. I just think the short notice kind of gives me pause. It's in Abu Dhabi. I don't know why that would give me pause, but it does. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm just going to sit back. I, I don't do well with main events, is I think my issue. Corey Nelson also has a win. I'm sorry. Yeah, does he have a win? Let's see. Hold on. A win. I lost over Robert Whittaker. There so, you go. Well, that's kind of Robert. a wild uh, jump up <laughs> yeah. and wait there for Mr. Nelson. <laughs> big difference He's there, a but, big um, guy. Holy shit. Yeah, I guess I see why he um, why he beat or how he beat Mr. Volk. Um Islam the main event. The main event was Dan Hooker versus Rusty McBride. So I don't know uh, what your thoughts are on that. By the way, that fight, the Volkanovski got knocked out at was at 170. Oh wow, that's crazy. So there you go. Uh, I guess there was a, a tournament. It looked like yeah. Jake Matthews was in that. Jake Matthews advanced, and Volkanovski did not. So they should put those two in the cage together. See what happens. Yeah. Um, some of those Australian cards back in the day were probably wild. Like I mean, it's a bunch of just, talent on some of these things where you're like, wow. Australian FC5. Like, geez. Um, I think that's probably the safe pick. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay away. I, I, my, that's, I don't blame that's my prediction. That's my pick is Islam by decision. But uh, I think I could see him getting a sub or getting a knockout. Honestly, he's very powerful. He's a good finisher. And, um, you know, Volk's, Volk's getting up there in age, man. So uh, it hasn't happened yet, but he is 35. And eventually... You know, eventually that, that's going to go. So we'll see. We'll see. I, mean, I can things. see him being competitive also. Yeah. Like you said, though, like it's one of them things we got. I have to see it first before I start. You know, I, I know you probably you hardcore gamblers out there are like, well, that's not how it goes. You know, you, you got to see things that aren't going to happen. Like, whatever. Go blow yourself. I there's no I, I there's no world where I see Volkanovsky getting finished, although I know it could happen. I'm just saying like I, I my visual I can't comprehend it after seeing him get out of those Ortega submissions and take shots in all of these different fights. And he he, t- he took a pretty good shot in the, in the last Makachev fight where he just bounced back from it. Just Volkanovsky, 
is right there for the pound for pound list. I mean, I believe it. So is Islam. So it's like these guys are the very, very best that this sport has to offer. So I, I until I see one of them melt the other guy, I'm not going to really, you know, I think this is going to be a close fight again. I, I can't see, but I just, yeah, I just, I can't see it going any other way, really. But, uh, yeah, so we got Kamaru Usman, and there's another fight where we had a late, late um, change, shuffling of the deck. Kamaru Usman steps in for Paulo Costa at 185. Kamaru Usman, I'm sure maybe he's fought at 185 at some point, but not in recent memory. I mean, he has long been a 170, was the king of 170 for many years. He's hopping up to 185, as is Chamayev, who has fought a few times at 85, but it seems like the new home is at 185 pounds, and... Ty, this is about as good of a replacement fight as you can possibly get. This is better. Very rarely do you get a better fight than the original one that was, you know, supposed to be uh, made. I and mean, Paulo Costa looks like his elbow was going to have to get amputated. That thing looked disgusting. He had uh, that was bad. all sorts of infections and a bursitis sack, and there was all sorts of shit going on with that elbow. He was not. I knew once he posted the picture of him getting the elbow surgery, I'm like, okay, so that's we're gonna have to look yeah, for a not happening. We're gonna have to look for a new guy. It's typical in the Brazilian fight community to kind of, uh, excuse me, not really be smart about these whole pullouts and uh, you know letting the UFC know. Yeah. yeah, just always getting hurt somehow. But I mean, this seemed like a freak incident, so I'm not going to fault him too much. Chamayev is the favorite here, Ty, and I think rightfully so. We would both agree. Minus three twenty five, three fifty. To Usman's plus 260, 275. The last time we saw Kamar Usman out there, it was not, he did not look that good. I mean, he was fighting for the championship against Leon Edwards, but he looked um, slow. He looked old. He just did not look like that Kamaru Usman that had, you know, existed pr previously. But I got to say, uh, I mean, I would like to say the last three times, but even in this, the, this, the first, or I guess the second, technically, Leon Edwards fight, uh, he. He looked good, but he wasn't as dominant as he usually is. He kind of was just uh, emasculating Leon. It was just like, you know, he got he even got taken down in that fight, which was, I think he kind of got just caught off guard there. But even that last Colby fight, he did not look great in that fight. He was kind of getting backed up, and Colby started to come on towards the end of that fight. It was much closer than, uh, you know, you if you look at unanimous decision, you would think that he just absolutely cooked him. I think it was... I think it was a closer fight, especially than the than the maybe the first one or some of the other title defenses. I would say that Kamar Usman had, but I don't know, man. I I gotta say this is a this is a tough one to bet because you just don't know what version of Chamayev is going to show up or like, how dominant is he going to look against a fighter like Kamaru. He did not look that great in that Gilbert Burns fight, you know, in comparison to the rest of his uh, performances. And Kamaru Usman is still, you know, a wrestling god. Uh, I, I don't know, Ty. I guess I'd like to hear your thoughts on this one. Yeah. <clears throat> the second fight with, with Leon where he got um, – I think Leon upped his uh, strike total by almost triple. And I think that's definitely telling. Um, I, you know, he's 36, and he's an old 36, man. He's been in the UFC a little bit uh, since 2015, which, you know, seems crazy, honestly. Um, and – you know, he's had a bunch of surgeries, a bunch of injuries. Well-documented knee problems. Yeah, which apparently, you know, <laughs> yeah. What, he, what he said to Justin Gaethje on the mat wasn't what – I don't know. Who knows? Um, but either way, I, I think he's just in for it. I think he's fighting a, a younger, hungrier 
just uh, you know, war machine basically. I mean, Chimaev is um, he's just um, he's just different. You know, he's just a different kind of fighter that we've never seen. I mean, you know, absorbing one strike in your first four fights in the UFC, you know, no matter who you're fighting, is is just insane. I'm sorry, you know, especially one of the fights went to the second round, and he's still one significant strike. John Phillips landed. Um, the Burns fight was, you know, not not the best showing, but. Um, I think he had a long time off and you know, he had a lot going on. And I think he might be in a place now where he's, uh, I mean, he's got the title shot on deck. The winner gets a title title shot. I think Usman might, you know, I don't say Usman's not hungry because I think he, um, he's definitely eager to get another belt at another division and he would be fighting a guy he's already beat in Sean Strickland. So, um, yeah, big stakes for whoever wins this. I think, uh, it's Chamaya's time. Pretty much simple as that. I think he is the more explosive guy. I think he hits harder. Um, if it maybe not that much harder, but um, much quicker, um, bigger, better at better athlete. I don't know if he's the better technical wrestler, but I think he's um, more dangerous on the ground and in the clinch. So I think he's got him covered everywhere. I mean, cardio. Maybe maybe Usman has the better cardio, uh, but this is a three round fight, so I don't think that'll really matter. You know, if they go balls to the wall. Um, whatever he's Chimaev did that with Burns. I know Burns is a, a former one fifty fiver, and this is at one eighty five now. But um, I don't know if Usman's really uh, if he has what it takes to you know be in a firefight. So I don't you know I don't know if a war would necessarily benefit him. I think he um, you know I think he's gonna have to obviously take Chimaev down, you know, lay on him, get top control, do some damage, and kind of just do that honestly to get a to get a win. Um, it is interesting. Shmaev has left Sweden. Um, was it uh, All Star Gen Stars, whatever it was called, uh, TriStar? Uh, so he's not over there anymore. So I think that's pretty good for him. I don't, I don't really think he was, um, you know, with the best camp or with the best in the best area in general. It's good that he's home now, and um, I think we're going to see uh, the best version of him in this fight. Again. You know, big step up in competition, um, but I think he's ready for it. I think he's going to get. I, I don't, I don't really know. I think he's going to get a knockout. I think he's going to hurt him with, with the hands and then maybe get some ground and pound. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to finish Kamar Usman. Yeah, so, I mean, inside the distance is uh, is the favorite here pretty much. It's, it's minus money, so which is very interesting, I think. And, you know, Usman inside the distance is plus 475. Usman decision is plus 550. So, I mean, they really obviously don't think that Kamar Usman is going to get this done. And, again... I think this is another case where I'd fro- I would feel better about this fight if it was a 12 week, you know, where we we had the notice to kind of figure out what was going to happen here. I I don't I mean, Chamayev is the bigger in stature guy, I would say. I mean, Usman's a fit, you know, a, a jacked physical guy, but it's just Yeah. Chamayev just seems like the larger human. So I I, I don't really I don't know. I I just I don't like it being only th- three rounds for what I'm about to bet, but I got to say, I just, uh, from what I've seen from Usman in recent years, and honestly throughout his whole career, the man does not like to get hit. And he, yeah. when he gets hit, he does not react well. And I think jumping up to 85 and getting hit by the shit that he's going to get hit by on Saturday is going to give a bad reaction. And I think at some point, Usman's going to look for a way out. And I think Chamayev's going to give it to him. So. I'm going to go Chamayev TKO plus 225 is what I'm seeing here on the website. And, uh, yeah, there's my bet. Yeah, Chamayev has a great, great, quick, straight right 
It's what he used to knock out Gerald Mearshart really quickly. And again, I know GM3 is a lot different than this fella, but also right uppercut way back in the day, quick. Uh, he unleashed on Ikram Alskarov to knock him out, knock him out cold. Yeah. So um, he has that one hitter quitter, that one shot power, and he's quick hand. So uh, I think Usman's going to have to just fight behind the jab. Honestly, that's huge. Maybe throw some light kicks. Uh, you know, fight behind the jab and timely wrestling. I think is is his path to victory. But um, what did you bet? What did you? Chumayev uh... TKO. Um, man, if he gets a sub, that would, that would suck, right? Yeah, the, like, the uh, thing is, the inside. Uh, I mean, I could definitely see him subbing him. Obviously, it's uh, it's not like Chamayev's yeah. ground game is like that bad, but it's like I don't know. I just have a feeling that the wrestling he's going to be able to hold him in a position. I don't know. I I really just don't think there's going to be a lot of wrestling in this fight. That's really my my thought, my thinking, because I don't think Usman's going to want to waste the energy to try and take him down because I. Usman wouldn't even really wasn't really trying to take down Leon Edwards, so I can't imagine he's going to sit here and try to take down, you know, Hamza Chamayev at fifteen pounds up on short notice. I, I yeah. just I have a feeling that Chamayev is going to kind of tra- I mean I probably try to treat it the same way. He may try and take him down, but even if he does take him down, I think he's going to be ground and pound, and I think Usman's going to be able to defend the submission well enough. But you know, who knows, right? I mean, it, it looks like he yeah, uh, it looks like he submits guys that aren't really ground guys. You know, uh, John Phillips, Kevin Holland, who can do work on the ground, but obviously he's had his struggles. Lee Jang Liang, you know, when he fought GM3, he knocked him out quick. Um, Gilbert Burns, he was standing and trading with him the whole time. That was a war. Um, and, and, you know, Ikram Alskarov knocked him out. So, yeah, I think that I think I think I'm going to ride with you and take that uh, take that TKO. I like that. Wow. It's good to see the boys are back on the right side here. We, we faded <laughs> each other a lot last week. Yeah, we and did. It, it was tough for the people out there. There's people crying and saying, you know, calling me and saying, "No, you guys can't, you can't do this to me." And I'm like, "Hey, man, listen, we will, we will get back on the right side one day." And this is that day, ladies and gentlemen. Jemayev TKO, reuniting the mega powers. But we got to keep this moving. Megomed and Goliath, Johnny Walker, Johnny Walker, a patron saint of the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. I mean. Again, we have to bring this up every time this man fights. We've uh, we've done videos I, on an unreleased episode. I have a whole thirty minute diatribe of us watching Johnny Walker getting TKO'd and knocked out, and doing the worm <laughs> and fight, you know, getting knocked out and resurrecting himself. So I will always bring that up. It's one of my favorite non released episodes that we've ever had. I Pretty think. crazy. Chumai, I'm sorry, I'm, we're already moved on. Ankalaev. Is I don't have oh here it is minus three seventy five three fifty big time favorite over Johnny Walker which is understandable but I guess I'll ask you Ty what do you think what what do you like here is there anything that you can see that you would uh, like jump on to bet because I don't know if I really like anything uh, when I was looking at it earlier um I'd be interested to see what this line is and it's probably not gonna yeah I'm gonna go Ankalaev TKO plus one twenty five wow um. He only has one sub, I think, on his record, right? Yeah. Who, who the fuck was it? I don't think it was in the UFC. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, or was it? I can't tell. I can't see. No, no, it was not in the UFC. So, yeah, he has some. He has some decisions. Also, I think that last draw was an absolute abomination of a of a decision. But uh, if it went three rounds, I think he might have lost that fight. Funny enough, he was getting his legs chopped up, and Johnny Walker throws some pretty good kicks, pretty powerful too. So I guess that's something to watch out for if you're Ankalaev. But either way, I think he was robbed of that uh, Blahovich win. And sometimes Ankalaev, the, the, the problem with him, him uh, 
I feel like he fights down to his level of competition sometimes. Yes. Not all the time, but you know, the Paul Craig fight, you know, he was winning that fight comfortably and, and insta tapped. Um the Clitz and Abreu fight way back in the day was not great. Um what else? I'm trying to think the the Krilov fight. Eh. Uh he dominated Volkan like he should have. Tiago Santos, whatever, dominated Anthony Smith. But then even you know, the Blahovich fight, he uh didn't get to the hottest start. So that's an issue sometimes. I think I feel like he just sits back and, and just chills sometimes, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, I, I don't know if you remember when he fought Dolce, Lugiambula, and he kind of got wobbled a little bit in that fight. So maybe he's a bit shitty. I, I, maybe he can be hit, I guess, is the problem. Or maybe if you if you really press him, you know, if you take it to him, maybe you can um, make him wilt. Maybe, maybe. This is a bunch of maybes. Yeah. The problem I – uh, the reason I bring all that up and, and you know say maybe three hundred times is Johnny Walker is is just a different kind of fighter. You know he brings so much explosiveness, explosiveness. Sound like Mike Tyson, explosiveness and uh, athleticism. Sixteen, not, I mean all but two of his wins are by finish. Uh, he got a nice win over Anthony Smith in his last fight. You know it, it went the distance, but a huge step up in competition. And he he looked good, honestly. Finished Paul Craig quick after Paul Craig was on a heater, right? Um, getting getting knocked out the way he got knocked out against Jamal Hill and bouncing back from that. Remember, he could have been on a fight. You know, if if that Ryan Span fight went differently, uh, he probably wouldn't have got the Tiago Santos or Jamal Hill fight. But in theory, or uh, hypothetically, he could be on a five fight losing streak in that stretch. Uh, but he's bounced back very well. Honestly, you know, he got off that crazy start when he first came into the UFC. I think three like minute one minute knockouts, two two in the first forty seconds, and one in two minutes. And then he kind of just chilled out, you know. I think I think um, he came back to earth a little bit. So uh, I guess he's still, you know, he's thirty one. This probably should be his prime, uh, or at least you know part of it. Um, I don't love that he's training with uh, the New York Times bestseller John Cavanaugh, oh but um, you know it is what it is. I guess maybe some people do better with other trainers. You know, maybe he's maybe that that's the guy he needs to uh, to get him right. Who knows? I I have no fucking clue. Who am I to say that? You know, obviously John Cavanaugh isn't some fucking idiot. Come on. Um, so, I mean, he got he's been with Connor since day one, and look no, where Connor. No you know, way got. you introduced him as New York Times <laughs> bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a he wrote a book. I don't he know. Did, he did. You're not wrong. Um, but I mean, maybe it works for Johnny. I I have no idea. So I think this could be a this this is the biggest fight of um, of Johnny Walker's career. We'll see if he's if he's here to show up, but. I just think he uh, his defensive his 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 tall man defense and his um, ab- ability to just do the chicken dance whenever yeah you know on, on command pretty much um, really gives me issue. And Ankle Live hits hard, man. He's got good head kicks, good straight left. So um, I'm going to take Ankle Live TKO. I could see a kind of a decision like a Russian coast, but I, I think it's going to kind of get uh, it's going to get a little hectic in there. Johnny Walker's going to you know do the worm or jump off something, and Ankle Live is going to have something for him. So. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm not going to take anything on this card um, or on the card, but I will say I'm going to bet Johnny Walker uh, in my personal life, so take that for what it's worth. I see a 7-inch reach advantage, and I see a big uh, athleticism advantage on the Johnny Walker side. I yeah. just I think that this line is a little too spread out here. I think plus 270, 280 is too much for for what Ankaliyev has shown me in his recent, you know, uh affairs out here. I, I mean, 
he finished Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker didn't. But also, the, just that Jan Blahovich fight was, uh, even though it was a five-rounder, so it's a whole different mentality. But just, like, not being able to finish Vulcan Ozdemir and, I don't know. like. Yeah. Uh, like you said, though, it's kind of a, a situation where Ankalaev just coasts sometimes, and I don't know, you know, what version of him is going to show up. Is he going to try and take Johnny Walker down and get caught in that position where Walker just starts landing elbows down on his fucking temple? The Ryan Spann position, I yeah, call it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I, I don't know, so I don't trust anything, so I'm not going to take anything here on this fight, but I sure do want to bet Johnny Walker. Oh, oh Okay. That's those are words you don't hear often. So, uh, also uh, Tiago Santos did drop Ankalaev. So just something to you know he can be hit, and you you know this is light heavyweight man. Anything can happen, honestly. Especially with Johnny Walker, and like you said, he's six six, I think eighty something inch reach, and just has uh, insane power and um, such a DMs, wild probably. card. That's the thing that's like the, the the hard thing to bet against Johnny Walker is because I mean I have bet against him plenty of time and got and gotten cooked on it because. You just don't know. Sometimes he shows up and he throws a flying knee and knocks the guy out cold. You're like, what the fuck, dude? Like, they, and then he starts doing the worm and blows his shoulder out. And you're like, what? What is going on, man? Like, I yeah. You just never know. You truly never know. So sometimes you see him out uh, on Vegas walking down the strip in his uh, UFC fight attire. Who knows? Yeah, and sometimes he just moves to Ireland to take on a new <laughs> life in Ireland. But new book. <laughs> shout out to New York Times bestseller. John Cavanaugh. What's his book called? I don't even know. Well, I was going to give a free uh, promo real quick. but uh, The Size of Conor McGregor's Penis, a book by oh, John come Cavanaugh. On. Oh, come on. I don't know. Just, it was a guess. I don't know. Uh, Ikram Alaskarov, Worley Alves. This is also another late replacement fight. We were supposed to get uh, Imovov, I believe, right? Nasruddin. But yeah. Nasruddin pulled the, out. Do you know why? I don't. I, I do not know why. Um, the French sniper. Yeah, he. Sniper. Um, oh, let's let's look. Imovov really disappointed me in that Strickland fight, but I guess you know, what are you gonna do? Stri- Strickland, yeah, champion, Strickland uh, so. went on to beat Izzy. So yeah, I so guess. exactly. What That's why, y- y- you know, th- this shit is fluid, guys. You you never know uh, from time to time what's gonna happen. But Alice Carroll appears he could not secure a visa. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, just, I always wondered like how why that's such a prevalent issue, but I guess you know with international laws and rules and fighting and. I don't know. I, I, you would I've think the UFC would be able to clean that up, but I know. I, you know, you think, but I guess this goes above above their heads. Some things know. are bigger than sports. Yeah. Yep. Shout out, Just like this pod. Yeah, uh, minus six fifty for Alaskarov tie to Worley Alves is plus four seventy five, four fifty five. Now I know you said you were going to have a mega whale play on Worley Alves before the pod. I know you weren't going to tell anyone, <laughs> but. No, but in all seriousness, we don't know much about Mr. Alaskarov other than the one loss that he has on his record is getting flatlined by Hamza Chemaev. And Worley is, uh, you know, it just seems like a physical freak. But I I guess, you know, coming off of a loss to Nicholas Dalby and, uh, you know, getting finished by Jeremiah Wells does not bode well for a fight against a Russian savage. So... Ty, is there anything here to bet? Do we? I mean, I guess we should look at uh, what Alaskarov is TKO and submission. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice is really just f- f- like absolutely fading here. But Alaskarov is plus one fifty via TKO and submission is plus one eighty. So it's kind of going to be one of them situations where you got to pick a side and kind of pray because uh, inside the distance is minus 250. I don't know if – some of you people like to lay the wood on some of these lines. I don't. Uh, I like to pick big something. Big fat wood. Just, yeah. Lay that big old piece of wood on there. But, uh, no, I, 
I guess I'll ask you what you like here. Um, Do not lay your big piece of wood on anything here, please. (laughs) Well, uh, I might not. Um, I think if you wanted to take a shot down the field on this fight, I would take Worley Worley Alves by sub. I think that would be an interesting play. Uh, I think he has a nasty, nasty guillotine. Um, I th- remember he tapped Colby Covington out with a guillotine. Um, so the problem with the problem with Worley Alves, he's kind of like what I like to call, you know, a flake. Basically, he's very talented. And he's eight and six in the UFC. He's been around for a while. He's in jungle fight. Like he has a fuck ton of experience. He fought. Uh, I think he was supposed to fight uh, Elijah Zaleski back in the day. Uh, he fought Mike Jackson. Not that Mike Jackson, but the other Mike Jackson. Okay. The problem, Mike Jackson. Um, and, yeah, he has, a, he has a couple of guillotines, but since he's gotten the UFC, it's been a little different. Um, you know, I don't know. He, he submitted Colby, and he absolutely shut down the Manir Lezez hype train quick. I remember I had Manir yep. Lezez, and he was coming off of you know, a big win, and he was coming off a big loss against Randy Brown. But he also lost to Brian Barbarina uh, easily. He also lost to Nicholas Dalby, like you talked about. I know it was a split, but he, he I think he lost that one. Uh, Jeremiah Wells put him out easy. Uh, James Krause knocked him out. Um, so that kind of worries me. I, I like his leg kicks. I like his clinch knees. I think he's powerful in general. He hits hard. Uh, but he's he's a bit chinny, and his cardio isn't great. So, But one – jeez, uh, all my uh, thoughts just – Collapsed right there. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I think 185 might be better for him, but we've never seen him up here. So like, you know, it's gonna be hard to tell. I. I, (laughs) Fuck, man. I really want to bet on him, but he is so hard to pinpoint as a fighter. He's had so many ups and downs, and um, I really want to fade. I really want to fade Alskarov, and this could be the spot. I don't know if he'll get subs. He has a couple subs of his own. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if he has a guillotine. He does have a guillotine of his own, so that might that might negate the advantage that Alves has. So um, I'm going to pick Alvarez to win. I think I think he could finish him. I think he could wear Alves down. I don't know if Alves loves being the nail, if you will. Um, and I would see what's the size advantage. Yeah, four inch reach advantage, one inch height advantage for Alvarez. We'll see. We'll see. I think the fade's coming soon, but um, he should be able to get by. But I would not be surprised. If Worley Alves pulled a rabbit out of his hat, honestly. Uh, I got to say, intriguing bet here is Decision. is plus 475. So, it's very intriguing. But like you said, I think this is more... A concern is that uh, Worley might just look for a way out at a certain point during this fight. Because I think things may become hectic or become overwhelming. or over- He might get overwhelmed at some point during this fight. And I'm going to go out on the limb, and I have decided that... With Worley having, you know, pretty good jujitsu, I'm gonna count on uh, the TKO, the ground and pound TKO happening, and I'm gonna get that plus one fifty TKO here for Alaskarov. All right, uh, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't, I don't love it though. I'm gonna be honest, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't hate it. So we got Saeed Nurmagomedov and uh, Muin Gafurov, Gafurov, Gafurov. He's getting in there. Uh, we got, is this Saeed? Did I say Saeed? Yeah, it's Saeed Nurmagomedov. He is a minus 225 favorite to Gafarov's plus 185 underdog. Ty, I guess, you know, I I ask you, Saeed's coming off of a tough loss to Jonathan Martinez. It was, that was kind of a feather in the cap for Jonathan Martinez. Good fight, though. It really was a good fight. And, uh, 
Gafarov is coming off of a loss to John Castaneda. So that is not necessarily a good look when you're going in to fight a Nurmaga Medov. But so both these guys need a win. Uh, it's at 135, and I, I mean, I kind of lean Nurmaga Medov just based off of his, you know, what I've seen from his skill set. But I don't like either one of these guys, to be honest. Yeah, I like uh, I like Saeed, but he's he's a bit um, I don't know. He likes to just kind of relax sometimes. He's lost three three times, and they've all been unanimous decisions. But they've all been pretty good fighters. I mean, Ioni Barcelos, Jonathan Martinez, and Magomed uh, Bibulatov, who is in is he in um, is he still in AC? Yeah, he's still in Russia. He was in the UFC. I think he fought. Yeah, he fought Bontarin to a, a split, but he missed weight and then he got cut uh, after he also got knocked out by John Moraga. But he was pretty good. He beat. Um, who does he be? Charles Henrique by split. Yeah, that, I've heard of that. I've heard of that guy, Charles Blackout Henrique. Um, so he's you know he's doing his thing over in Russia, uh, and he's not bad. So I don't I don't. The problem though with, with Saeed, I feel like he gets a little too like lackadaisical. I feel like he 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 kind of won't really have a game plan. Some fights, sometimes he'll bring his wrestling approach, wrestle heavy approach. Sometimes he won't. Um, the Martinez fight was. Very close, very close. I'd have to go back and rewatch. Honestly, I don't. I don't think. I think he won the first and lost the second and third, if, if I remember correctly. Um, how the light kicks in that fight? Yeah, I mean, Martinez didn't land as many light kicks as he does against most people, right? And Saeed went to the body a lot. He's just got good, good spinny kicks, good all, like, all good chokes. Like he has, um, he has a couple of guillotines. I think he has uh, what's the one? A ninja choke. I think he has a ninja choke somewhere. Uh, just good front chokes in general, long because he has those long arms, um, circles around on the outside. I don't think his gas tank is great, but I feel like that's because he, you know, has that explosive uh, striking. So, yeah, I think he has the size advantage here, speed advantage. I mean, Muin Gafarov lost the fight to Chad and Helliger like easily. So, I, you know, he needs a win here, but this is a very tough, <laughs> a very tough get back fight for him. So, I, I think he's pretty much cooked. My bet here is going to be over two and a half at minus 115. Uh, neither fighter has ever been finished. I like that. And uh, I think Saeed has more decisions than finishes. I could be, am I wrong? Or at least it's close, right? He has eight, five. Yeah. So he has nine finishes, eight decision wins. I'm fine with that. I think it goes the distance. He wins a kickboxing battle on the outside. Maybe they uh, engage in grappling a little bit. Not much, but a little bit. I could see that. And I think Saeed wins it. You know, has the advantage there too. So I'm going to take Saeed by decision. I kind of want to bet Saeed by decision, but why don't uh, you join me, sir? Because that's what I have. Uh, Plus two thirty. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll do it. Let's you go. Convince me. I don't. I don't think the guy who lost this is a, a decision to to Chad and Helliger will be able to get a decision off of Saeed. The only problem is maybe Saeed uh, finds some spinny shit, knocks him out. That could happen, but absolutely. Um, again. But then Again, your over would be finished. cooked anyway, so that's, that's the way right. I like that. Right, so whatever. Well, you know, I'll go with the better odds, and it's something I think is, is going to happen. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with you. Let's do it. Let's go, baby. It's good to see the Mega Powers getting back together in, uh, in, in, in form here for UFC 294, which will be in the morning. So I hope you all are uh, locked in on a morning card uh, here on the East Coast. And the West Coast, forget about it. I mean, you people out there are going to be struggling. <laughs> Uh, what do we have? So that is, I believe that's the main card, right? That's uh, so. And then, yeah. then now we are moving on to a. Well, this is a, a friend of the podcast, uh, somebody that we support, Tim Elliott. 
Tim Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, Muhammad Mukayev, somebody we don't exactly support. Mr. Mukayev threatening people with guns on uh, on Twitter, uh, you know, for, during fight promotion, and uh, posting hey, pictures of chocolate and saying, "You send this to me, uh, you know, to try to get me to miss weight." And Tim Elliott's like, "They sent it to all the the fighters' rooms, you fucking moron." And I'm like, "Oh boy, all right." <laughs> so, you know, Tim Elliott definitely. Not in the mood. Uh, shout out to Mr. Soto this weekend. He's uh, going to support him uh, via, you know. He's got revenge on his mind, baby. Via Kevin long, Kroom, your days are numbered. Yeah, via long distance support, he is there uh, in spirit. But uh, Mukayev is a minus 400 favorite. Minus 440. It, it's kind of all over the place. To Tim Elliott's plus 330, 300. Um, I mean, obviously, Mukayev should be the favorite here, but, uh, you know. I don't really, I don't trust either one of these guys, and I don't know. I mean, Tim Elliott is tough to finish, man. I, from what I've seen, it he kind of just you know zombies his way through some of these fights, and he got arm triangle. I mean, he's been finished. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not possible, but it's like not as easy as you would think. But some of these fights that people should have finished him. They really struggled and were not able to. He's coming off a win against Victor Altamirano. I know that's, uh, you know, really a feather in the cap. But uh, Mukayev, the last time we saw him, I think he... Okay, no, it was the, it was rear naked choke. Uh... When, he, when he almost got his knee uh, Is that Was that that fight? Jeff... Okay. Yeah, Jafel Fiedel. Yeah, that's right, man. He was uh, His knee was in bad shape. That was, what, six, seven bad. months ago? Yeah. So yeah, February, uh, March, March. Yeah, it was the uh, Usman Edwards uh, fight card. Uh, March. 8th. Hopefully his knee's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, uh-huh. I, I sure hope so. But <laughs> let's. Um, let me. I guess I ask you, Ty. Do you like anything here? I don't really. I don't know if I like anything necessarily. Uh, Mukayev inside the distance is plus one fifty, so maybe that's something that can be bet. But I imagine it would be a submission for Mukayev. It seems like he hunts the yeah. submissions. Yeah, and uh, that's my play here. I think I, I like Tim Elliott. I just think he's getting old. Uh, I think he's very balls to the wall, uh, which is fun, is cool, is good, but it drains your cardio. And when, when he was doing really well against Brandon Roy Val, it, it kind of turned very quickly, and he got arm triangled very quickly. Um, he was doing well until he wasn't. Um, you know, he has been subbed by Roy Val and Figgy, two just, you know, studs. But he also lost to Askar Askarov, who kind of, uh, you know, I don't know what the fuck ever happened to that guy, honestly. Um, he lost to Kai Kara France and was just done from the sport, I think. So, um, Benavidez also guillotined him. Has he been guillotined multiple times? It looks like he has. Yeah, he just gets careless in there. And, you know, yeah. he's obviously got revenge on his mind. Maybe that plays a factor. Maybe he's thinking about some other shit. Because I think that fight, the the Kevin Kroon fight, is uh, later Saturday night. And he fights Saturday early on Saturday. So... Uh, you know, who knows? Who knows if that plays a factor? He has upset a prospect before, Tajir Ulmbekov. Remember, he wasn't supposed to get that win. I think he was. Let's see what he was. Yeah, he really plus two hundred. Yeah, he put it on him too. Yeah, um, your boy Ryan Benoit. Remember, he, you said he was going to win the win the belt. Tim Elliott beat him, but uh, no. But the, the thing with Mikhaev is, I feel like he uh, he's very good at battling through adversity. Remember, Malcolm Gordon took his back. Uh, Jafel Filo almost ripped his knee off of his yeah. body. And he didn't even flinch when he was in that knee bar. That was the, the craziest thing. I know he's only 23. He's still got a lot to learn and uh, a long ways to go. But um, he also got the, he has the record, I think, right? Most takedowns in a, in a flyweight fight ever against Charles Johnson, who uh, Cody Durden um, 
got the second most takedowns in flyweight history, also against Charles Johnson, which is kind of funny. Um, so he's very young, very raw, but extremely tough, extremely, you know, good hammer, good nail, I think. I think he can uh, – I'm not worried about him blowing out his knee or, um, you know, getting hit hard and, and, and that being it for him. I think he can battle back through anything. And I think, you know, whatever Tim Elliott has for him, which could be a lot of veteran tricks and and whatnot, I, I don't think it's going to matter, honestly. I think uh, Makayev is going to sub him. I think he's going to find his back or find a, find a choke of some sort. And I think that's going to be it. So I'm taking Makayev by a sub. I am going to take that as well. I, I just, like you said, I've seen Mr. Elliott get way too lax and careless in there and offer his neck or offer, you know, some sort of choke or arm bar, anything like he just, yeah. like you said, like it's, he has good cardio, but also he kind of gasses himself out by just doing the dumb shit, walking forward and eating shots. I think this fight mainly is going to take place on the ground. And I think Mukayev has a really good ground game and Elliot doesn't have a bad, he has a, like a good defensive ground game in some aspects, but like you said, he's just gonna, he's going to offer something here. And I think Mukayev's is going to jump right on it and get him out of there. So we have sub, at plus 220, which I think is a really good number to get in on that. But uh, we keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. We got Muhammad Yahya, not to be confused with Ronnie Yahya or Yaha, whichever one. But he's fighting Trevor Peak. Trevor Peak making the trip to Abu Dhabi, which is absolutely insane to see. I would love to see what that guy looks like in Abu Dhabi. Just, uh, yeah, I hope you know, he doesn't get any uh, any head any headwear. Yeah, I, him wearing. Uh, yeah, he's know. just gonna say some of the most racist shit ever uh, over there. But uh, I hope uh, nothing bad happens to Trevor while he's over. Let's keep him away from the mic. Yeah, in in Maybe. the Middle East. Yeah, for sure. He's not but, from Arkansas, but he is from Alabama. He is from so. Alabama, so I mean, they're really you know they like to populate the same kind of uh, place. So, <laughs> hey, uh, apparently Russians do too. That is true. So, uh, <laughs> what do we know about Muhammad Yahya? Not much. Not much, How ladies much? and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. I believe he's making his UFC debut here. Uh, his last fight was in UAE Warriors in February against a guy who was 5-3. and three. So And he got dropped. Yeah, so listen, uh, this is... We're getting back on the... Uh, on, on the We're getting back on the train here, ladies and gentlemen. We're going we're gonna to get it done here. Trevor Peak TKO. Wow. All right, I'm going to go under 1.5 at uh, <laughs> minus, minus 130. I think both of them come to bang. Um, both of them are trying to, you know, get in and get out. You know, do do. I mean, Trevor Peak, <laughs> he's like an elite brawler, kind of like a, a young version of Matt Brown. Definitely not as technical, but you know, Matt Brown would just come forward and, and, and hulk, you know, hulkingly try to just kill you and just walk through you and you know, disperse of you quickly. I think this is also like a step down in competition because he fought yeah. a pretty good fighter in Chepe Mariscal. I know his record and. I guess, you know, I was somebody who was kind of, you know, counting him out. But he's won five in a row since he lost to uh, Sean Soriano in CFFC and Steve Garcia and Joe Anderson Brito. So he lost, you know, to uh, three out of four uh, in that stretch. But he also uh, beat Yusuf Zalal, beat Pat Sabatini in the regional scene. He had a a five-round fight with Carl Dean, who just got cut. He went the distance in a loss against Bryce Mitchell. Uh, He fought Frank Buenafuente, who I believe, who did that fellow fight? Blake Builder in his CFFC fight and Julio Arce twice. Um, he lost to Gregor Gillespie, got knocked out. Chepe did. So I mean, his 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 um his resume is full of guys that you've heard of. It's it's kind of crazy, honestly. Even um even I think this fella, right? Didn't this guy fight in uh maybe not? Um, so I think you know 
Trevor Peak has um, some solid experience going the distance with, uh, you know, in a, in a fight where he was losing. And it just, things weren't going his way at all in that Chepe fight. And, um, you know, I, I just don't, I don't know really what we got with either of these guys, all in all. You know, Trevor Peak still landed a decent amount of strikes uh, for somebody that's pretty much a one or two round fighter. Uh, the Malik Lewis fight wasn't great, but he, uh, he, turned, he turned the tables quickly. Smoked Eric Gonzalez, obviously. Who doesn't do that? Um, so yeah, I just don't have a play on either side. I'm not confident. I just think it's not going to go far at all. I mean, under a half a round is plus 350. I could even see that, but I'm going to go under one and a half minus 130. Uh, I think they're going to stand and bang until one of them falls. Yeah, this is not going to be a real technical battle. No matter what, Trevor Peak does not fight technical battles. So it, I'm going to assume, like you said, they're going to go in there. Uh, you know, two bulls are going to run in, bang into each other, and someone's going to fall, and that's it. So uh, I'm going to go Trevor Peak, and I'm on the Trevor Peak side. So TKO plus one ten, and then we keep it moving. One of the Basharat brothers. This is a, a family that you've you've gone to birthday parties and things of that nature with. <laughs> Javid Basharat fighting Victor Henry. Victor Henry, it seems like he's been all over the world. We have faded him. We've yeah. bet with him. He's cooked us on both sides. But he's making his, what, fourth walk in the UFC? He's got, you know, all decisions. He's fighting Basharat, who, uh, if I remember, I mean, it's hard to keep the Basharat brothers, uh, you know, square. Yeah, I think but- Fareed just fought, but Javid, Javid, I should say, fought earlier this year. Um, Javid is a is I a think. decision merchant. It seems, uh, especially <laughs> since he's joined the UFC, he has really yeah kind of just coasted his way to decisions. Solid fighters, they're good fighters. Yeah, well, no, he, no, nothing against them. It's just kind of it's crazy because before he made the UFC, he finished everybody, and now he's right. in the UFC, and he's his only three decisions are in the UFC, which is pretty wild. But I mean, it's jumping up a level in competition, so it just goes to show yeah. you. Yeah, uh, he fought some guy on the contender series. I remember he had like an undefeated record, the the guy from Israel. Uh, he was a complete, absolute, complete stiff can. Yeah. A can stiff is what he was. And he misweighed that guy. So um, I like Bostrat. I like Farid better. But I think Javid is, is, is just all around, um, is like good at everything, kind of. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. he's not great at anything, but I think he I think he's really good. Uh, I think he's good offensive and defensive uh, wrestling, grappling. I don't love his hands, but I do love some of the kicks he has. Um, I just think he has all the advantages physically, maybe mentally. I think, you know, he's going to wake up for this fight. I don't know if Victor Henry is, man. He has – how many fights does Victor Henry have? 30. Crazy. He's never been finished, which is also insane. Um, and he's fought literally all over the world, man. Like, I think he was in uh, – like Russia, all a, over. A, yeah. Like- yeah. A bunch of tournaments. Uh, Anderson Dos Santos fought that fellow, who I think wasn't he on the Contender Series this year? No, okay, different, different Anderson Dos Santos fought Kyler Phillips. Um, what was this in the middle of Burbank, California? Um, Louis Smolka was also on that card, and uh, Edmund Shabazian's little brother Leon. Um, yeah, I just I, you know Victor Henry has crazy volume. Which is something uh, you know you love about him. That Hyoni Barcelos fight was crazy. He was he he landed like fifty strikes per round and um, threw three hundred and fifty two. Now when he fought a Sunsal, it was a little bit different. But Rafael Sunsal, fun fact, has never had an opponent land a hundred plus significant strikes on him. Never, never, ever, ever. And this is going back to like two thousand eight. So that's a bit different. 
Uh, you know, a fight. I think he can compete in this fight. I think he can be competitive in all different aspects on the feet, on the ground. But um, I think, uh, I, ju- I just think he's overmatched here. I think, you know, Tony Gravely took him down a couple times. I know he had a couple sub attempts, Victor Henry did, but uh, I, you know, I think if he fights like that, if he fights a little careless like he did against some of these guys, like he does, like he will against Javid, I think he's probably, uh, probably going to lose. But I think it's, this could be competitive. I'm going to stay away. I don't really have a feel on this fight. But I think um, I think Javid wins a decision again. Yep. And uh, like 30-27, maybe, maybe he loses the first round or something. I don't, I don't know, honestly. But I'll be very interested to see how this fight goes. Uh, so Javid, like I said, his three fights in the UFC have all been decisions. Victor Henry, his six losses in his career have all been decisions as well. So he has never been finished. And he doesn't, you know, he wins decisions, but he also loses them. And that's that's what I'm going to count on. I'm going to go Basharat decision, minus 140. Uh, kind of laying a little bit more than I'm comfortable with usually. But I think this is a good bet. This is uh, I like it pretty much all the way up to minus 200, honestly. Um, and then I, I would probably, I would even parlay it with something because it's just, I, I do think the way Basharat fights, this is going to be a tough fight for him because this guy has a lot of experience. And I think this is, like you said, going to be, you know, 29, 28, 30, 27 sort of uh, fight, kind of real, a closer one than it, it, you're comfortable with. Basharat kind of fights in that in, in those thin margins anyway, but I think it's going to be a good fight. I'm excited about it. Uh, Cedriquez Dumas versus Abu Azaitar, who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, apparently. We, we have not been able to confirm <laughs> that, but... Cedriquez is coming off of a good win against Cody Brundage. Where Cody Brundage oh, completely man. quit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a win. I'm not going to hold it against him all that much. And uh, Captain Morocco, Abu Azaitar, is <laughs> 30. Name. I almost said 30 or 97, but he's actually only 37 <laughs> years old. He hasn't he fought. He's 97 years old. He hasn't older f- than Pat Militich. Well, that's no one's older than Pat Militich in the fight game, it seems. Um, 21 year, or I'm sorry, I almost said 21 years old. I got to get myself back locked in. <laughs> How uh, old is he? Yeah, he's 37. Uh, but. He hasn't fought since 2021 when he got finished by Marc-Andre Barriol at the very end of the uh, fight. So, yeah. I, I guess, Ty, I don't really know what to think. I mean, we ha- we've seen Cedricus, and he's kind of wild. He's really not all that technical. He's made advancements in his ground game. I imagine Abu is going to try and push the ground game. Uh, yeah, that seems like the path to victory when you fight Cedricus because he is a, you know, predominantly, you know, a striker. Uh, I guess I'll ask you what you like here. I, I mean, I, I guess his TKO is plus two, 245. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm leaning right there. Unless you say something to convince me otherwise, I think that's what I'm betting. It's, it's funny because he didn't, he, uh, Dumas had like 11 minutes of control on Cody Brunage, but he didn't land a takedown. He was just, Cody Brunage was just being an idiot pretty yeah. much. So I think, I think Dumas wins no matter what. I don't know how. I just think he they're on different paths. Like he's coming off of a win, right? His first UFC win, so I think he's got his confidence. Um, he was supposed to also make his debut against Abu Az- Azatar. Uh, he's had both of his fights in the UFC have been late replacements, so I think this might be. Uh, I think he said himself, "This is this is his debut." Um, so I think he's going to be fired up. I think he's going to be ready. Uh, I still think he's very, very, very green, but. The thing with some of these guys that are that are young, that are raw, he's our age. He's a, a month younger than me. And I think sometimes you see with these guys, um, you see big improvements from fight to fight, right? Especially when they finally get a win. And um, 
know, has he improved or has he not? I, I think that's something we'll see. He is talented, like I said, but um, you know, talent can only take you so far. The only problem with uh, Azaitar is, again, I don't know how committed he is with you know all the stuff outside of the cage, and uh, you know, he's much older. He's thirty-seven. Uh, you know, he hasn't fought in a while. I just don't know what he has left. Honestly, the last time we saw him, he got sm- he got crumpled by uh, Mark Andre Barriol. So uh, yeah, I just think they're both on tra- on different tra- trajectories. And uh, for that reason, I got Dumas winning. I think a decision, but I could see him finishing him, finishing him, and you know, uh, Azaitar just kind of quits. Uh, I'd be interested to see what Dumas kind of did on the regional scene. I saw, he, I think he had a guillotine bef- on, on the contender series. Yes. Yeah, he did. Um, and a bunch of kicks, uh, liver kick, head kick, knockout. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe uh, you know a sneaky play would be Dumas inside the distance, but. Um, it, it's plus one ten. So yeah, I'm gonna stay away. I don't like anything here. I don't, you know, like either fighter. We'll see if Dumas has made any uh improvements. Also, he's a big pothead, so we'll see how he can uh how he can go a fight week without smoking the devil's lettuce. So hopefully that uh you know they're not gonna make an exception for him, ex- exception for him over there. That's they don't sure. play around over there. So yeah, uh, apparently if you spit on the ground, they'll uh they'll throw you in the in, in the slammer and just you know start lashing the shit out of you. So. <laughs> That's uh, very interesting. Hopefully Dumas can you know, not have withdrawal effects, and hopefully he's okay from one weed smoker to the other. But, it's yeah, good. that's my pick. It's great that we're going over to places where you can get lashed for spitting on the ground. That's all. That's, yeah. It's great that <laughs> but we're – But then other, other things you can, you can do, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. You can, you know, rape a woman. It's fine. There you go. So uh, Anshul Jubilee – Jubilee – is fighting Mike Breeden, the ultimate get-right fight. It's like the ultimate jobber uh, in in the WWE or wrestling. It's just they, they're going to keep sending him out there. And we were hoping that Mike Breeden would get another fight so that we could fade him. But, I mean, Mr. – you know, we don't know much about Anshul Jubilee. He did look good in that last uh, last fight, which was against a gentleman that we – we don't know Checa, who that is. Yeah, Sargi. yeah, which he got cleaned out, and before that, he got yeah. cleaned out. You know, he gets cleaned out all the time. But <laughs> um, listen, uh, what are we supposed to? What am I supposed to tell you about Jubilee? Other than that, that pretty much that he knocked that guy out. He's a big physical guy. He, you know, Mike Breeden stinks. Uh, that that's pretty much all I can really tell you about that. But I mean, Mike Breeden's going to have the reach advantage here in this fight, and Mike Breeden. You know, he just tends to get kind of cleaned out from time to time. I I, I don't know. You know, he's, he's got three KO losses on his record and two of them being in the UFC. So, yeah, you know, he but lost also, to a guy named Ivy Nixon oh, not all that long ago. But <laughs> Hard style. What a terrible nickname. I don't even know what that means. Um, also, Ivy Dixon was recently lost to Dakota Bush, your boy. There you go. Dakota, Dakota, I can't believe his nickname is still Harry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dakota Bush has a fight coming up. Um, this weekend he's fighting Jordan Griffin. Wow, <laughs> the native psycho, another terrible nickname. Um, who hasn't fought since uh, a year ago when he lost to whoever Josh Roller is. But a get right fight for Dakota Bush. Can't believe it. Iowa Fight Series one. Who else is on the, this card? You ask. Um, I don't know. There I have no it. idea actually. Um. <laughs> At least they have a good main event, I guess. Uh, I feel like they have more combined fights than everybody else on the card combined. So, yeah, that's the wormhole we have fell down. I um, the, the problem here is I think 
I think Mike Breeden is, it might be better than Anshel Jubilee, but he's just so chinny. And his takedown defense isn't good. He can get back up. Natan Levy took him down like nine times. Um, but he got back up almost every time. And um, I think he did he even get it. I think yeah, I was going to say, I think he got a couple takedowns of his own. He did. Also landed 100. That was a good, that was a pretty good fight. It should have won fight of the night. Uh, Adelaide Bird, of course, her, gave all three rounds to Natan Levy, uh, which I disagree with 100%. I think the first and third could have went to Mike Breeden. Mike Breeden. Uh, definitely the third round. I, I have no idea how um, Adelaide Bird watched that third round. Said, "Yeah, we'll, we'll give that round to Natan Levy." He went over six on takedowns. He did. Uh, I don't know if he knocked him down, but he did wobble him with a big shot. But that's it. That, like he got dominated in that third round. Mike Breeden took it to him. He was minus one twenty going into round three. Mike Breeden was won the third round and still lost the unanimous decision. So, just wanted to put that out there. Um, I know Natan Levy's not amazing, but He's a. What would Natan Levy do to Anshel Jubilee? I think he would beat him fucking soundly. Um, what would Alexander Hernandez or Terrence McKinney do to Anshel Jubilee? Right. Um. So I guess this could be a setup fight for Jubilee because he's young, undefeated. But you know that Saragi fight was 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 decent. Um. I just don't think that guy is any good. That guy's a striker, a Muay Thai fighter, and he's a wrestle. He he, he used a lot of wrestling and jujitsu in that fight. Um, also early in that fight, <clears throat> a lot of low kicks were, were landing for Saragi. So I have some defensive concerns with Jubilee in general. He's very green, just doesn't, hasn't, hasn't been tested, right? He doesn't have a lot of fights. He went to a split, uh, in his fight before this, before the Saragi fight yep. against, uh, Kyung Pyo Kim. And he got taken down four times. He got controlled for a little bit. So like, not actually didn't get controlled for long, but he got taken down a couple times. Like that's kind of worrisome, you know, Mike Breeden has been there. Uh, at the very least, he's a vet. Um, well, did he fight anybody else in the Brandon Jenkins? He knocked out Brandon, your boy. The highlight Jenkins, reel? The, the human highlight reel, that is, uh, in LFA. So, <laughs> funny enough, man, I, I think Mike Breen's probably like a regional scene journeyman, right? That's that's probably what he is. But I, I <laughs> listen, I am going to do it. And I'm going to pick Mike Breen to get his first UFC victory here. I got Mike Breeden inside the distance. You heard it here, folks. Plus 400. It was plus 500. So I think maybe somebody heard something. Um, that's my pick. I just think he's going to overwhelm him. I think he's going to, you know, he can be he can be cracked and he is chinny, but um, I think he can honestly t- get some takedowns of his own. And even he's definitely going to stuff some for sure. I, I don't think this Jubilee guy has an amazing takedown wrestling background. He just got some in a fight against a guy who also doesn't have that background. So. Um, I think Breeden, the kicks are going to be there. Um, I think the jab, the straight right, the hooks, I think they're going to be there. I think he might be able to get him out of there quick, man. I think this is going to be an upset, uh, the biggest, not the biggest, but one of the bigger upsets of the night. I think people are just uh, overlooking him because, you know, he's been finished a bunch of times and maybe he's not that good. But, what, you know, is this Jubilee? It's not like Jubilee is uh, Makayev or something like that. You know, we're seeing this undefeated stud prospect. I, I don't think he's very good. You know, I don't. we haven't seen much, but... Yeah, I'm taking Mike Breeden, man. Are you putting it on the card? Yeah, absolutely. Inside the distance, plus 500 here on uh, on, the, like on the thing. So I, I cannot I believe it. I'm writing Mike Breeden's name down on my sheet. But I would actually put change uh, change that to TKO. Wow. If I can get that at bigger odds, probably not. I don't think he has Breeden TKO is plus 650. Boom. Fire me up. 
absolutely I'm nuclear saying, I, I, mega whale play here on uh, Mike. I Reed think. I just think it's a good chance for somebody who's, you know, he's fought Terrence McKinney, he's fought Alex Dana Hernandez. Yes, those guys beat him up easily, quick, but <laughs> huge, huge step down from all of his competition to this guy. And uh, I think this could be a spot where we see an undefeated guy take his first L. So let's do it, man. How about Nathaniel Wood and Muhammad Naimov, the Hillman? So I imagine that, that the people will be in the stadium again. Last time he fought, there was uh, like 20,000 people in the stadium watching him fight. That was crazy. Which is absolutely insane. But uh, he's he's the underdog again. Nathaniel Wood is a minus 325, 350 favorite to his plus, uh, just went away, but plus around 260, 270 underdog for Naimov uh Ty I I like Naimov man but I don't know if this is a stay away uh spot also by the way I never mentioned I am staying away from that last fight I don't know if I actually said that but uh, yeah definitely staying I, away, I hear you. But, and then probably gonna stay away on this one I just don't trust any of these guys I mean I, I honestly I really I think I might bet the Hillman money line I I, I wow. really do I I think <laughs> I just I like him, man. He's he is a big motherfucker, man. He is a physical guy, and it's I don't like think that Nathaniel Wood. Malarkey yeah, I don't think Nathaniel Wood right? is that good. Yeah, that's that's my big thing is that I just don't think Nathaniel Wood right. is that good, and I think he's too small for the you know the weight classes that he yeah. resi- resides in. So, well, he is coming off three wins, right? Charles Jordan, Charles Rosa, Andre Feely, and so I'm kind of surprised that he's not getting like a a ranked fighter. In this spot, uh, I'm very surprised he's getting a prospect who uh, a, a prospect who lost in the contender series very easily to who? That's right, Colin Anglin. Yeah, not not great. Colin Anglin since that fight is 0 and 4, uh, getting knocked out by Sean Woodson, getting knocked out by Melsic Bogdasarian, losing a decision to Edwin Chavez, whoever that is. And getting knocked out by James Brown in his old age. Still getting in there, James Brown. Yeah, he's not singing anymore, but he's fighting, I guess. Um, oh, wow, Mike James Brown. That's the same guy who knocked out Mike Alvarado. Oh, my God. In bare-knuckle boxing, yeah. Mike Alvarado used to be a uh, champion boxer. Uh, I remember he fought Juan, Man- Juan Manuel Marquez, and then now he's BKFC ended up, which is not, uh, not ideal. Um, but, yeah. Colin Anglin put a wrestling clinic on Muhammad Naimov once upon a time just a couple of years ago. So that's uh, – and then he lost again right after that in Titan FC to some fella, Olivier Morad, the warrior of God. It's a good nickname. Um, and I'm then he, he, he beat a couple – he, <laughs> he beat a couple of cans and then he knocked out Jamie Malarkey in, in just a weird fight where he was losing – Malarkey was doing such good things, and then I think he he tried getting a takedown. They stood up, and he just uh, Malarkey froze and got knocked out. Right, something like that. Something a very odd, odd fight. And you know, I am not the biggest Nathaniel Wood fan either. He got dropped by Andre Feely in his last fight. He went life and death with Casey Kenny in a fight where I thought he was going to have the advantage there. Um, he lost. He got dropped, knocked out by John Dodson, who doesn't knock anybody out. Um, but he is talented. He is good. Um, I think he's kind of good all around. Got very good low kicks, good footwork, good boxing. But the problem with him is always he's been a bit chinny. His take, uh, striking defense always been a bit lacking. You know, he, you can kind of push him around, push him back. And this might be a big letdown spot here for him. I'm, I'm kind of concerned. So that's why I'm going to stay away betting wise. But I do think he's a parlay piece. Uh, the line is a is a 
what is it? Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit inflated, but I think it's kind of fair. Um, yeah, I think he's a good parlay piece. Nothing more than that. Uh, we'll have to see if Naimov can be um, you know the underdog king because um, he's definitely powerful. He's definitely strong. He has a head kick knockout, a couple head kick. I think he's a light kick knockout also. So he's definitely powerful and, and dangerous. Right, he knocked out Malarkey at one fifty five, and and Woods come, was at one thirty five most of his career. But the, the problem with Naimov, man, is he doesn't have a good gas tank because of how explosive he is. And he backs up, gets taken down a lot. I think he just kind of feeds right into Nathaniel Woods' fight style. So uh, give me Nathaniel Woods to win by decision. Maybe a sub late. I think a sub might be a sneaky play. How many subs does he have on his record? Yeah, he has six. I wonder what that line is. Actually, Plus 475. That's not bad. That's not a bad look. I, I feel like I... You know, I feel like it's going to be on the feet more, and I think he's going to outstrike him and stay on the outside, or maybe even back him up. But uh, that's not a bad line, honestly. He's got a bunch of subs, and Naimov is somebody who's controlled by Colin Anglin. So, yeah, I, I got Wood by a decision. Maybe I'll change that to a sub, but no bet. No bet. All right, there you there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we got Victoria Durakova. She's fighting Jin Yufrey here. Uh, just, you know, I mean, this is going to be an early. You're about ten thirty. 10.45, this fight's going to go off. I will be here. there no matter what. Yeah, I will be there literally no matter what. <laughs> uh, um is a minus 500 favorite to Jin Yufrey's plus 400. Right away, no bet. Um, I don't – There's. I mean, really, what could you bet here that you would write home and feel good about? Uh, Jin Yufrey – I'll tell you. Maybe, maybe a sub, maybe a decision, maybe something like that. I don't know. I'll tell you. I uh, I will tell you. You want me to tell you? Yes. I can tell you. Okay, I'll tell you. Victoria Durakova submission. Wow. Easy work. Um, you K- are you being serious? Or are you fucking with me? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take somebody to sub somebody who got subbed by Kay Hansen. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just going to do it. Um, I like it. I'm in. And she's just you know she's she's very old. Jinyu Frey. I don't mean to say that like she's like 50, but she is almost 40, and she's been around for a while. I feel like she this is like a, a prospect test for her. She's, she's kind of gotten those prospect tests. Remember, she fought Gloria De Paula, who I think was coming off of like one of the better female fights on um, the Contender Series um, against Pauline Macias, and then she lost to Jin Frey. So Jin, uh, J, uh, Kay Hansen, I guess, was a prospect at the time. Um, that chicken rising. No, she's that, a different uh, kind of prospect, fought. by the way. Yeah, she listen. I like her prospects nowadays, but still follow her on the old Instagram, if you will. Um, you know, I, I just think Jin Frey's I just think she's cooked, man. She's lost three in a row, uh, a split, an early early knockout, and then a unanimous decision against Elise Reed. Um, she's just on her. I think she might be able to get some takedowns, but she she's probably going to lose position or something like that. Dudakova should probably dominate the wrestling and grappling. Uh, sometimes she does lose position or, or pulls guard or, you know, she's a pretty good scrambler, but sometimes it just, you know, she'll, she'll kind of fuck herself over. She is young, so she is, you know, kind of has to fight through some of those growing pains. She's a big green. Um, the Estella Nunes fight, we didn't, we didn't learn much from that. I remember, I think I bet Estella Nunes. But uh, in the Maria, the Maria Silva fight on the Contender Series, uh, I think she got mounted in the second round, but she was able to survive. I think her hands are getting better. She's the thing with her; she's just strong, very physical, um, and I think she's going to use that and overwhelm Jin Frey, grab her, uh, grip her up against the cage, and then get a trip or a, a toss or a throw. 
and then uh, just kind of go to work. And I think she's going to be able to sub her. I don't think Jin Frey has really much um, much give anymore. I think she's you know she's almost she's on her way out. So I think she's going to find a way out of this fight. And uh, give me Dudakova sub. Dudakova sub plus four hundred. We are both on it. And, and then now, Marisa, uh, the Maria Silva chick she fought in the Contender Series is pretty solid too. So now we keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. We have a Bruno Silva, <laughs> Sharabutin Magomedov, who I'm sure you've all heard about or seen him on uh, Twitter at some point. He is a wild-looking gentleman. He has two different colored eyes. He uh, he, I mean, he was in a grappling tournament. He was ready to beat the shit out of some guy. Uh, yeah. For I don't know. I think he put a leg lock on him. He didn't like it. Uh, I, I, this guy, he don't fuck around, man. I, Remember I mean, he grabbed that guy on the elevator? He was yeah. kissing his wife, and he yeah. smacked the shit out of him. He's like, don't kiss your wife in front of me. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's fucking insane, by the way. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know why you would be kissing your wife in front of that guy anyway. It just He just scares the shit out yeah. of me. But I wouldn't be near him. That's what I wouldn't do. His nickname's The Bullet. It's sick. We've been waiting for this guy for you know a little bit now since he did get signed. It was probably early on this year when he did get signed. But Ty, do we are we do we have to throw in a a bet here to just make sure that we welcome this man into the UFC properly? He's minus two eighty uh, favorite, two ninety five to Bruno Silva's plus two thirty. I don't know what we could bet here. I mean, inside the distance is not on here. So that's that's tough, but uh, <laughs> it's not a thing. It's not a thing. But uh, what do you like here? Uh, Shara Bullet is minus one twenty inside the distance. It appears. Um, Shara Bullet in round one plus two fifty. Um, let's look at Bruno Silva. Uh, I'll start with Bruno Silva. So Bruno Silva is used to fighting Russians in Russia. I know this isn't in Russia, but um, he has done it before. I, I believe he was on. Was he on the Ultimate Fighter Brazil before? Like a while? Yeah, he was. Okay. Oh, that was Vanderlei and Chael Sonnen. Remember, they almost they almost fought like seven times on the. On I can't the let you get close. <laughs> oh my god, that was great. Uh, Bruno Silva also fought a, fe- a fellow. Did he? Is this is this who I think it is? No, okay, Felipe Dantas. I'm I'm thinking of Eduardo Dantas. Um, he's fought a bunch of guys in a bunch of different parts of the world under a bunch of different sets of rules. So he's you know he's a savage in, in the way that Shara Bullet is a savage in, in a different way. Bruno Silva, the problem is he's just on his way out, I think. And um, I did have him against Brad Tavares because I thought Brad Tavares was on his way out. Um, just he just, I feel like Char, um, Silva hasn't been the, the same since that Pereira fight. He did take Pereira to the distance, and it was a good performance. But then GM3 just beat him down. Yeah. Like, beat, beat him down into submission, literally into a guillotine. And that was very, uh, you know, I think he pissed hot before his UFC debut against um, uh, Terman. So I think maybe that's you know now he's getting older and maybe that the, the USADA effects the are catching up anymore. Yeah, possibly right. He did get hurt to the body when he fought Jordan Wright, but then he you know cleaned his clock uh, like a minute later. Um, so I think there just is some. I think he has the better hands in this fight. I think Shara is is much more of a kicker. I mean he's a, he's a uh, kickboxing champ. He fought Mike Diamond uh, in a kickboxing wow. match. Way back in the day, yeah, Mike, Mike Diamond. I can't believe we're stuck on that. Mike Diamond. Uh, the problem is, after that Mike Diamond fight, he took some time off. Why? Well, he lost his right eye. He, he doesn't have two different colored eyes. He only has one eye. I'm uh, sorry. His right eye is not. Yeah. 
<laughs> his right eye is not there. It ceased to exist. Uh, a lot of people have been saying that he probably won't be able to fight in the U.S. because he's not going to clear a uh, uh, a commission. It's not going to clear him. So that's something to um, – I, I guess he lost it training in Thailand. I don't know how he lost it, but it's not there. So if you find it, you know, let us know. Jesus. Um, yeah, apparently after the Mike Diamond kickboxing match he had, he took some time off and he had to undergo eight surgeries to his eye that he said he felt all of it. He felt the entirety of those eight surgeries where they were just going into the eye on multiple different angles with multiple different knives going into it to try to fix it. And the doctor said, well, the worst that can happen to your eye has happened. So go ahead and go fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not there. So why? Yeah, why? What's the, what's the worry? So, which is insanely just so terrifying. I also went back and watched how Michael Bisping uh, lost his right eye to uh, Vitor Belfort. And man, that kick landed just directly on the eye. And obviously, uh, Vitor is on all the sauce. So just just going back and watching that was crazy because he detached his retina completely. But I say all that to say uh, Shara Bullet has very, very, very good kicks. Just all around good kick. He, he has a hook kick knockout. Um, he's just all around elite kickboxing. Uh, he throws his hands more lately. He has been, I should say. Um, when he fought that one 25, uh, 21 and five guy, who, you know, wasn't that great, but he went the distance with him. So he's been throwing his hands a lot more lately, but I think he kind of sets him up to throw, uh, um, a kicks and clinch knees. Basically what I'm saying is I got Shara bullet inside the distance. Send me home. I'm going Shara bullet. Should I say my- TKO, it's even money. Yeah, it, the TK. I can't find inside the distance on any of these websites. Uh, TKO is plus one ten, so I would imagine inside the distance is probably you know minus one fifty, one sixty, something like that. Yeah, one forty something, something like along it. those lines. He's never subbed anyone, so yeah, he's not your typical Russian, that's for sure. No, I'm gonna go uh, TKO with you if you take it as well. So um, yeah, I'm gonna take. I think he's gonna welcome himself into the UFC. He's starting the card off. I think it's gonna it's gonna be very early, so you know maybe some people aren't watching. I'll be watching. I'll be watching Shara Bullet. Um, it's gonna be a tough one, honestly. I'm, I was thinking about taking like the under one and a half at minus one ten or parlaying under two and a half, but uh, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna go with Shara, man. I, I got to ride the Shara Bullet train, so let's get it, man. Let's get it, ladies and gentlemen. That is the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. We have a that, that was a lot of fights that we just talked about, ladies and gentlemen. We gave a lot of fun fights. We, so. Yeah, th- this is actually going to be one of those cards where you have to cherish it because some. I mean, from what we've experienced recently, they get uh, they they kind of you know they fall off from uh, you know some of the, some of the, a, a night like this to a night like a uh, a fight night with Sadiq Youssef and Edson Barbosa as the main event, or you know. We have off next week, uh, UFC wise, but then we go Almeida and Derek Lewis uh, in Sao Paulo. So uh, we can't wait. We can't wait for that one. I will be there no matter what, as some people would say. But uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast, brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am Ty Capone. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you protect your eyes at all times. <laughs>